professional I am and how prepared I am. I've been doing <laughs> this only since 2006, and uh, I still haven't learned what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could all take a, a cue from Joe. Yeah. Well, if I did, if some of the names I've got on here, if I didn't write them down, I was not going to remember them. <laughs> I don't have my book report. I'm a little nervous. Well, the, 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 the rules that I have is there are no rules. So you could be as okay. formal as you want. You could be as loose as you want. I don't care. The, the idea behind it is just have fun. And that I, I can I, do. I think I need to change the name of this podcast because what I want this to be is like the DC – everything else podcast uh-huh. <laughs> because, well, it's, because like the, uh, no, it's no superheroes no superheroes exactly because there's too many w's and i i can't like force elmer fudd to say uh <laughs> romance I, I, I think romance works though romance works wi-fi i don't know <laughs> Warsery? <laughs> Sword and Schwarcery? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's that's what I was like. I don't know. Like, weird is what they used to call it in EC. And everything was like weird science, weird fantasy, you know. Yeah. It works yeah. for me. <laughs> so it's pretty loosey-goosey other than, you know, we're having fun. You can be as detailed on your book as you want or as... If you want to talk about an ad in the comic, that's fine. If you <laughs> if you want to talk how you feel about it rather than what it's about, that's fine. It's just this is just I want to celebrate DC everything else but superheroes. Everybody talks about superheroes. I want to cover the other stuff. Right. And Charlton and Quality and Fawcett, anything that you read that fits into the acquisitions you could they're all game what about licensing because I, I i was looking at stuff and you know they had a a deal with uh 2000 ad for a little while yeah you can talk judge dread if you want yeah. i bought i bought those back in the day uh <laughs> i'm a, a judge dread fan so when they when it i followed in quality and fleetway yep. and uh when they went over to dc i i started getting it as well yeah, I picked up a Slane paperback the other day uh, at Books a Million when they were doing that warehouse clearance, and it said it was a DC imprint. So now I did not know they were reprinting. I didn't know they did that. Yeah, they did those like a uh, little slim trade paperbacks, like 2000 AD does now through Rebellion. They wow. did a handful of those at DC. I think they may have done Halo Jones and you know some of the big titles. Yeah, I just picked yeah. up the Halo Jones ones. They had like four volumes, uh, but it was 2000 AD that put it out. Right. Man, the art in that is awesome. Oh yeah, the Halo that's good Jones. Stuff. Oof. It's good stuff. I don't think I've ever read Halo Jones. That's Alan Moore. Oh, really? Yeah. They just reprinted them, I want to say. I'm going to put it on the list. Yeah, they're pretty cheap, too. I think they were like 10 bucks a pop. They weren't expensive. See, your podcast is already getting new readers. (laughs) (laughs) Mike Myers is notorious in our house for costing money. Uh, (laughs) Kristen put a ban on it for a while. She's like, you can't listen to uh, Geek Brunch anymore because you always go buy stuff. (laughs) The last episode we did was fun because uh, we were trying to track down. We, we read Necromancer's map, 
and Bill mentioned, I think this is the sequel, and I'm like, what? And uh, I looked up in my database, and I had only bought two of them and not all of them, and then I was going to eBay, and I was like, that's 20 bucks. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to spend that. <laughs> and uh, I found them on Atomic Avenue, but it took us a while <laughs> to get there. Like, like the book from Vault? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that was a sequel either. Uh, Songs of the Dead, yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's I a pre- prequel. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's a prequel to that, because if you read Necromancer's Map, you know, she's talking to a, a dead guy that right. that she enters in with that the uh, sorcerer's meeting, <clears throat> and she brings that ghost with her, and uh, I guess that prequel tells you, well, how she got the powers and how she met that person. I can't tell if that is a a man or a woman that's with her, but I don't know if we're supposed to know. But <laughs> it's a it's it's an interesting comic, and I was interested in it. But that's what this we're, we're not talking uh, Scout yeah, or, or Vault <laughs> or 2018. <laughs> well, how many it. times have you listened to DC Noise and they actually talked about DC books? So I mean, <laughs> yeah, we're off to the, the the proper start. Yeah, the proper start. <laughs> Well, let me introduce everybody. Okay, I searched long and hard for a scalp hunter es- expert. I, I I had to go to Kirk, and I said, man, we need a scalp he- hunter expert. And uh, we found Joe Cof- Crawford. <laughs> so welcome, Joe. I hope Joe. you realize that's a joke. He, it's like a rib. He's been forever. We I looked- had one podcast I recorded where I didn't bring up the uh, a scalp hunter ad. Uh, and he has not let me live it down since. <laughs> well, you Scalp won't be. need some love. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, our scalp hunter expert. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, my Sergeant Rock buddy, um, which we actually got to meet at, at uh, Heroes Con this year. And... Uh, He's a war comic aficionado. He he loves this stuff. He his grandma told him stories about war comics. They might have even used sound effects. And well, she uh, taught me to read reading the war comics, and yeah. I made her read every little butta butta butta. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, it sounds like you had a wonderful grandmother then. I yeah. did. God that's that's probably why he, he loves uh, awesome. Sergeant Rock so much. Yeah. It it really played a role in it. That, the, I mean, that's a fond memory, early childhood of sitting with Grandma while she would read that with me. Yeah. He brought home a uh, Sergeant Fury, and she said, these are too dense, and she threw that to the side and grabbed a DC book. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting because I feel that way. I don't feel the the magic when I read a Sergeant Fury. I mean, some of the art is amazing, but there's... I, I just don't feel the camaraderie with easy like that I do with Easy Company with that group. Well, I I read Sergeant Fury and I enjoyed it, but yeah. when when my friends and I would play comic characters at recess, we were often Easy Company. We had a real tall friend; he was naturally bulldozer. We would take turns being Sergeant Rock. Wait, can but, I ask uh, a question? We never did, played Sergeant Fury. Did he have a sure. red beard? <laughs> I did have a friend later <laughs> that could have grown a beard. I think that was about sixth grade. I'd never seen anybody my age shave, and that was mind-blowing. It was many more years before I needed to. 
And uh, the final co-host, who's already co-hosting I, with me on Geek Brunch did, Retro. Did you, did you say Kirk's name? I don't, I don't remember. Oh, Kirk Spencer. I think we got off track. Yeah. <laughs> I interrupted him and took my yeah. own credit. <laughs> Kirk Spencer, also known as Little LFS, for short. Little and, Fat uh, Spencer, that's me. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, last but not least, my co-host of Geek Brunch Retro, uh, who I've never met, but we have no. talked many of ours. Um, Rob Krieger, sound like Seeger. <laughs> who thanks I used for, to, I used thanks to for pronounce me join. correctly. I used to say Krieger. Yeah, you did. Well, that's how I'd been saying it. So now, I, now I stand corrected. Yeah, just think <laughs> of Bob Seeger, and you'll always remember it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, how did we meet, Rob? I don't even remember. How did we meet? Um, so I, I think that it was just, uh, you know, I'm co- I'm constantly on on Twitter and like I I, I listen to you on the Valiant podcast and then oh, I branched that... over to Geek Brunch and stuff and I was listening to that and I would comment and stuff and all that and then you guys. You and Chris had me on one one time just as a, like a like an almost like a like a meet a fellow collector type thing. You're asking yeah, me yeah. All, all sorts of questions. Yeah, that was that. Uh, that's interesting because you and Chris started a podcast before you came on to mine. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't last very long at all. I think maybe two yeah. or three episodes. <laughs> you lost a couple of episodes and gave up on it, which which I yeah. heard. Check the recorder. <laughs> Speaking of, yeah, we're recording, so we're good. Uh, and then there's me, Mike Myers, Brunch, who I've <laughs> been doing this for a while, and uh, I thought I think this is going to be really a lot of fun. And uh, since since uh, me and Rob answered some Halloween questions, and I'm just going to pose them to you, because uh, you guys, we're we're in the Halloween season. And uh, I'll ask Kirk first. Um, do, what was your f- first memory of dressing up for Halloween? And what, what character were you that you can remember? Well, the two earliest costumes I can remember are a devil and Batman. And I don't remember which one came <laughs> first. Hmm. Probably the devil. Because <laughs> that would have been really little. And I can't believe, looking back, that my mother would make that costume for me because that's yeah. not—that's not my mother's style. <laughs> but, uh, the the Batman was influenced because I had discovered the Batman '66 show in uh, syndication and had just fallen head over heels for Batman. That was that was the first one that I remembered was the the mask with the rubber band and the right the plastic pants and shirt and yeah, cape. like we're in a glad bag yeah yep <laughs> i just remember sweating profusely in the mask yeah 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 because it was get hot and there was like no nostril hole holes or anything and <laughs> how about you joe you know i remember having one of those costumes but i don't remember the specifics so the first one i remember specifically was getting one of those rubbery like wolf mask it was around when teen wolf was big and i literally just dressed normal but with with a wolf head on <laughs> teen wolf, very creative that? i approve yeah i like that 
That's interesting. I, yeah. I I remember the Teen Wolf phase, and uh, I did the stupid thing of going with my friends and doing the van surfing. Wasn't that in Teen Wolf? Where you'd get on top of the van, and uh, they would drive around. Michael oh, yeah. J. Fox van did surfing? that. Yeah. Where, <laughs> <laughs> it was stupid, but <laughs> I would, if I could go back in time and say, I d- my, little Mike, don't do that. That's dumb. <laughs> You could have died. <laughs> Everything turned out. Yeah. But the comic industry may have shut down by now oh if you had been God, killed. Oh, my God, you're not kidding. <laughs> could you imagine if things had turned a different way? I yeah. know. But the only other thing I would say is uh, I always had the, the, you know, the ubiquitous orange pumpkin with the black handle, you know. And I remember some kids did like a – uh, pillowcases. In fact, pillow one of my cases. youngest wants to do pillowcases this year. Like he wants to do like throwback, I guess. But yeah, we always had like the orange pumpkin. The mm-hmm. pillowcase has an advantage though because you could put more candy in there. Oh, oh no doubt. Like I'm sure that's the, why he wants to do it. Yeah, the pumpkin could fill up, and then people will. You can't. It'll overflow, and then when? Do, where do you put it? At least, yeah, at least when I was definitely the way to go. <laughs> maximize your candy potential yeah plus if it gets hot in the mask you just poke holes in it and you could be a ghost there you go yeah so um yeah this this podcast is going to be like the dc everything else podcast but we're covering war romance sci-fi fantasy um scalp hunter west uh, scalp hunter specifically (laughs) western uh what other genres? What am I missing? Oh, like uh, adventure characters, like maybe Tarzan or something. Oh yeah, that's or why Korak. I'm so gl- that that is so. I am so glad you mentioned that because uh, I love Tarzan. I used to watch that cartoon religiously, the Saturday morning one. I don't know if it's oh, the with Tarzan Lone Ranger. Yeah, the Lone Ranger Tarzan Hour or something yep, like that. That was awesome. Yeah, I know I'm a sucker for like. Any pulp hero, I just, I adore. That's why I like Dynamite. I think I'm the only one that, like, religiously follows their characters. I get a lot of the Dynamite myself. I'll get, like, in spats where I'll get everything, but then I'll be like, eh, I don't need, like, three Vampirellas, and I'll drop, like, one of them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I understand that. It just, there's something... I, I like about like their pulp characters, like you know they're doing like Black Terror, like even the right. heroes and stuff they're doing, but just because they're like open, what do they call it, public domain characters. Right. right. There's a couple of companies that are doing that, but um. Well, they're they're doing the was it the original Daredevil now like the Lev Gleason one. Yeah, yep. and it's uh, Gail Simone. Yep. Yeah. Kirk's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So you're our Gail Simone specialist, Kirk? Uh, well, I don't know if I'd call myself a specialist. I've I've read a lot of her books. <laughs> I I actually think I have every one of her books. I'd be surprised if I didn't. Well, I, I don't. I guess you're the specialist then, because I know <laughs> yeah. I, I know I don't fall into that category. I, I so know you I, get like the Catalyst Prime stuff too, like the yeah, Lion Forge stuff. Yeah, I'm all in. But they've they've really reduced their line, you know, significantly. Well, they're doing since... that mini now. Yeah. 
Yeah, that got canceled once. I know I, I never got around to pick, uh, pre-ordering it again, but I know yeah. the first go-round it got canceled. Yeah, it just came out, what, uh, last week or the week before? I think so. That first yeah, the issue. first yeah, I the haven't first read it yet. I haven't either. I'm behind in reading that universe. <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> but... I'm behind in reading everything. Yeah, me too right now. <laughs> That's because you guys are on Twitter a lot. <laughs> you could be reading. <laughs> right. I'm, and it's a I'm vicious a, cycle. Because usually I'm when I'm on there, is, I find uh, something. Oh, I need that. I need to add that to the cart. <laughs> and another I'm thing as, that I'm Kirk... as caught up as DCBS will allow me to be. Oh, did you get a late shipment? Yeah, it was a whole week behind. Yeah, same oh, wow. here. A matter of fact, before we, we, we came on... I was processing two weeks worth of books because I got two boxes in the same week. Yeah. Yeah, it's like 120 items I have to go through. So it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I used to get big boxes like that. Do you get weekly shipments? I had to switch to biweekly because my boxes were so big I was embarrassed when the babysitter would have to bring them inside. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go weekly because of that. I can't lift yeah. it. <laughs> It's too heavy. Right. I turned right. 50. I mean, maybe if I was 30, I'd say make it by, you know, every other <laughs> month. But I used to get the refrigerator box because I was like, I don't I don't tend to read like Rob. Rob reads when he gets it, he reads it. He gets it, he reads it. I read I'm a mood reader. I I thrive on like switching genres. That's why this is a good one for me because there's a lot there there is a lot that won't narrow me down. Um, but the, the boxes just got too heavy, especially if there was like three Omnibuy in there. Oh my God. I would love to see a monthly box, like what it would look like. You want, oh, oh my God. For yours. Yeah. I mean, the the last, the last hundred pounds, this last one was 30, (laughs) but the other one was like. 45 because it had like three omnibuy in it right yeah and i'm like i mean those omnibuy could kill somebody (laughs) that's where my my comic shop boxes were getting to be was in the 50 plus range because you know they have the um piggyback so like Mm -hmm. you could like buy like a hundred dollars worth of like dollar books and like just show it throw it in with your other stuff and so the boxes were just like the size of my child yeah they 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 pack it tight too yeah they do they're they're so tight that I'm like, oh my god, am I gonna be careful not to cut the corner or something of a comic? Right. <laughs> yeah, they they wrap it really good, and uh, they're really good with shipping prices. I'll tell you that. Well, um, you can't beat them. I think it's like five bucks for a shipment. Yeah, four ninety five flat discount shipping, and then you can add your piggyback back orders to it. So yep. that's, yeah. Well, that's I, incredible. I, I always do that shipping. And they, it says, oh, allow seven to ten days. And I don't know if it's because my the cost of mine is so much that they just, uh, it ships within three. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably it, had to send it UPS instead of uh, post office. Yeah, it's exactly. Yep. It's, it's UPS, and they usually have me sign for it. or you know, mm. So I have to, like, route it mm. to, to an area so I don't have to be here during the work day. Right. But uh, I think it's because I might order a high price book and they don't want to risk it, you know, through the post office. Because the I don't post think office. I've ever had to sign for one of mine. Have you ever got 
I, I'm going to ask this just because uh, it's sort of related. And I, w- I ordered a bunch of war comics, so it's, it's sort of related, from Paul Cooperberg. And they were old books. Like, I don't know, they were like 35 cents, 20, 20 cent issues of Sergeant Rock and all kinds of stuff. And I got, I received from the post office an empty envelope, and it was like totally torn, and there was nothing in it. <laughs> I've, got, I've had that no. a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. I've never I had, had one, that happen. A Kickstarter with that did that, and he swore that he was going to take care of. It. Apparently, he didn't seal the envelopes for a, a wave of shipping because there were several of us that he uh, responded in the comments, but I never got it. And I wish I could remember his name now because it's one that I never ended up getting. And I'd love to say buyer beware on that guy, but I don't even remember what it was. I just remember who doesn't steal an envelope. Right. Well, people <laughs> use like the worst packing sometimes too. I ordered a couple of those. Uh, remember when IDW was doing like the uh, digest sized omnibuses and uh, it was the Grimjack ones. And I had two of them in there and the guy used like paper thin envelope. So of course two you know, full size, <laughs> 500 page books tear right out of it. And I got an empty envelope. Yeah, it's a they use just the standard Manila folder, probably. Yeah, and it, and yeah. like they obviously just popped right out, so I got nothing except a refund eventually. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm lucky yeah, I've never had uh, an empty thing sent to me. Really? No. Yeah, I've had it a couple of times at least. Yeah, it's not fun, and and this this envelope looked like it was run over like three times. <laughs> I don't know. It just <laughs> tire tracks on it and. It didn't look so where weird. was that from, Mike? Uh, you know the writer of comics, he, uh, Paul Cooperberg. Oh yeah, used to yeah. Work on mm-hmm. DC. Uh, that was directly from him. Yeah, because I used to I used to work from him regularly. It was like my go-to because he had like Bronze Age books. He was selling from his collection, mm. and they were reasonably priced. And I I like when things are like. Oh, everything on here is five bucks. Everything here is ten bucks. You know, it's like simple. It, it's yeah. not right. like it's like you can go to the store and just say, I'm going to buy 20 of the $5 books. And I just select them. And uh, he he had some good stuff. And I, I had had like six orders before him arrive good. And then this one came and I lost mm-hmm. all of it. And there was, some, there was some good stuff in there. What did he say when you told him? He said, I'm sorry in the insurance or whatever. I got most of the money back. I, mm-hmm. I probably was off like five dollars, but uh, it was a pain in the butt. You have to go to the the uh, postal office and then file a report and take pictures and of your empty envelope. Yeah, empty envelope, and then they <laughs> it goes through like a settlement <laughs> process, and yeah, and then then you get your money back. So it takes a it t- takes a while. Like it's. It's not as I'm sure it's not as efficient as like FedEx or UPS. Uh, U, U, UPS. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I had a problem with UPS one time. They brought me a piece of artwork, and the guy had, had shipped it in a flattened cardboard box, and UPS had managed to basically try to reassemble the box and had folded along the seams of the package, and it just really messed up the artwork. And UPS said, well, we'll give you a full refund, but we get to keep the artwork. And uh-uh. even though it was damaged, I didn't want to give my artwork up. It's a little harder with artwork because uh, commission is sort of personal. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it, it was one of a kind. Yeah, it, 
that that's one thing with the commission. It's like how you can't recoup that. You can't just go on to mycomicshop.com and say, "Give me this commission of Sergeant Rock in this pose <laughs> <laughs> with Mademoiselle Marie in the background." You can't do that. Now I want a commission. No, of course you do. <laughs> you were Mike's you were, power of suggestion. <laughs> you you love your art, man. Uh, you you sure do. I, used, I wish I, I could get it all. I, yeah, I, I used to be like that, and then I just got too stressed. I, I got stressed at cons because I was like, oh, sorry, Sunday would arrive. We didn't get to it. Or, you know, like things like that. And it would just give me like this anxiety, and I just I just don't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. I go to my go-to sources. and that's It can it. be frustrating, but. Boy, when you get one, there's nothing like it. Well, when you Kirk, get some I, I, of your, yours, that have you? Hey, Rob, have you seen some of his commissions? He gave me a copy say, of his. Uh, uh, Kirk, I don't know how much of your own I've I've seen, but I but I know you retweet a lot of um a, a lot of just general ones that you know from artists that are doing some and and post. Right. And I I appreciate a lot of those because they're I mean some of them are just absolutely gorgeous. I, I yeah, like yeah. I like seeing your retweets because I don't follow a ton of a, a ton of artists, but I follow you, and so I'm seeing all these all your retweets, and uh, it's great to see those. Well, I try to I try to make my feed something I would want to look at. If yeah. I enjoy seeing it, I try to share it with my buddies because I think most of us at least share a love of the medium. I'm not I'm not there to you know criticize a politician because I hate them all. So I'll just, uh, I'll just focus on the comic books. That's <laughs> yeah, the it's a perfect escape. Yep. It is. It is. Yeah, yeah, and and I I know that you had posted a, a few times of of Dean Cotts and oh yes, that's the one I was, was thinking lo- of too. Yeah. Yeah, when he was here locally last year, it was. After you had posted a, a few of them, I'm like, oh, he's here. But I didn't know a lot about him. And seeing a lot of those, I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll get him to do one. And he did a Captain Marvel for me, a, you know, a DC Captain Marvel. And uh, just absolutely beautiful. I'm so happy with it. The, the real well, Captain Well, he's definitely Marvel. one of the best to deal with. The real Captain I mean, you, when you sign up with Dean, you're going to get a piece you like, and you're going to get it in a timely fashion. So you're, he's, he's good to go. No stress involved with Dean. And well, he was very reasonable too. Yes, crazy. Well, let's talk about that one commission you got with Sergeant Rock and Mademoiselle Marie, and there's like Nazis and everything on it. How, how, I just want to ask this. Okay. How much did you <laughs> How much did you pay for something like that? Because it's hyper detailed. Well, I'm trying to. I've got a couple with that kind of description, so I'm not. <laughs> Not well, really the one sure. the one you gave me, you gave me a copy. You made me a copy of this one. It has Mademoiselle Marie on it, and Sergeant Rock in the foreground. I think that would be the okay. When when I go to get a piece framed, I make a copy now because I am terrified of it getting lost and or it stolen says, at the it frame says shop. It says Sergeant Rock, um, watch out. Right. Okay. Yeah. I know the one you're talking oh. about. I, it's from Jeffrey Blaziman, and I forget his Twitter handle. But I made a copy when I before I went to the frame shop to get it framed, and just in case the worst case scenario happens, and it used to be I would let the kids color those in, 
but uh, now I don't want to throw it away. I mean, I spent like a dollar twenty-five making a copy on. It's Defense. a. It's a. This is a beautiful copy, Rob, because he gave me a copy of this at Heroes, and mm. it looks like. It looks like a real commission to me. <laughs> it, well, I kind of use what, it as a business card to say, "Hey, you should get a piece from this guy." What What do they uh, What do they call those grenades? Potato mashers? Or, yep. Uh, yeah. So the he's it has a Nazi on a building, uh, throwing a potato masher at Sergeant Rock and Mademoiselle Marie, who looks gorgeous in this, like absolutely gorgeous. She has her beret on and everything, and she's saying, Sergeant Rock, watch out! <laughs> you guys got to make a – one of you has to has to put that up on, on Twitter. So I, I can, can take do a it. Look I'm at looking it. at it right now. <laughs> yeah, take a picture of that. My favorite commission he still has that, uh, is the one where we just came up with something silly because we were giving Gerald, Gerald Albrecht a hard time about drawing uh, <laughs> motorcycles. And so, what did I do? I put like Tigra and Red Wolf, and Chris Star uh, riding a, a T Rex, and like uh, Team America. Yeah, Team America's <laughs> in it, and it was it was like off the wall, and it, you know, just stick figures. And then uh, he actually had somebody do it. It's it's awesome. <laughs> that that is cool because I like all those properties. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Joe Joe came up with this off-the-wall idea involving, like, a representation of every segment of bizarre comics that you never hear about. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's genius. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> Jonah Hex was on Haunted Tank. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, so I got so a Tyler Joe Cosley and Kirk, you guys, how, how, how do you guys know each other? It sounds like you guys already know each other very well. Well, I, we met on Twitter. Right. Uh-huh. And then Joe is from not too far from me, and he had come down for a family reunion, and we actually got to spend a little time together going through the discount bins at Ollie's one time. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. I've been searching for an Ollie's. There was one opportunity. I think it was when we went to Heroes, and uh, I was with Micah and Claire, and we we were in Barb, and we were in a car driving to a grocery store, and we passed an Ollie's, and Barb was like, no, Mike. She said, you're, 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 you're going to buy a lot at the convention. You don't want to come home with like 25 trades. And she was right because we have suitcases and I already fill them up with what I buy at Heroes. But I, well, I want to find an Ollie's. That's I just want to leave all your socks behind in the hotel and fit a few more comments. <laughs> Take my clothes. That's I'll just, right. I'll go I've got skivvies. socks at home. <laughs> this trade is a dollar ninety nine at Ollie's. Right. <laughs> and then they make you undress at the airport anyway, so I just go through in my underwear. What the hell? They, I wouldn't have to worry about taking anything off. That's right. Go. Problem solved. A pair of gym shorts. You're good for a week. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and a sweat towel. You always need that, especially because of the humidity over there. Mm-hmm. It is so weird for me to go out east because of the humidity like it i just it's i'm not used to it at all yeah i used to live in denver and um i'm in iowa now like right off the mississippi so it's it's a big change yeah it takes a while to get used to so, so how how often do you go to some place like mile high and or, or do you ever go down there at all i go there when very uh, very 
unfrequently. I've only been there twice in my life, and it's huge. And it's 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 one of those things where you kind of want to take your list because right. it's like it's a warehouse, and they have like okay, here's the cheap books, here's the books that are real expensive. And usually, what I like to do at Mile High is I go to the cheap books, and I'm like, wow. I could fill in all of these or I could, you know, I could fill in this run and I, I like will come home with a short box of, of books. And uh, yeah, that's what I used to do when I would go there. But most of the time I've been there is when I went to the Denver comic con, because on Thursday night of Denver comic con, they would have buses outside of the convention center and they would ship you over to mile high and they would have all kinds of, They'd have a it, it is such a big store that they'd have like a wrestling ring and they'd have wrestlers in it. They'd have uh, uh, cross dressers performing on a on a a big old stage. <laughs> they'd have it would it'd be a big old presentation and then you'd have all the artists and stuff like doing commissions at Mile High uh, before the convention started. So it was like a way to get things early, and it, it was a good time. And um, I actually have been to their their ranch, the guy um, who owns it, because I know Justin Ehart, and uh, he's married to the daughter of Chuck Rosansky. Right. Um, I, you, you know, uh, Rob just mentioned the Valiant podcast, and I. It's defunct, but I, I can't tell you how many people that I've met because of Valiant Comics. Like, it's incredible. I mean, that are, like, really, really good friends because of Valiant Comics. <laughs> There's they, They're, like, their own, like, subculture of comic fans. It it has a, a, a unique loyalty to the, the brand. For but sure. it really is incredible because I think about Ronnie Barron who just got married and he had, what, like, I think three people that stood up in his wedding. All his best. And, and his best. It, right. And if it wasn't for Valiant, yeah. he wouldn't have never, he wouldn't not met those people. Right. I wouldn't have met all of Nerdy Legion if it wasn't for Valiant Comics. <laughs> yeah. Ronnie got a gift from Valiant, which just yeah, saw that. my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, nobody gave me comics when I got married. <laughs> <laughs> I tried too, man. I was going down the aisle Target registering for anything pop culture related. And my wife was like, no, we need another quilt. I was like, no, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> you register at Ollie's. This is what I need. <laughs> <laughs> or all your, your artist show When she inevitably please. leaves me, I'm going to register at Ollie's for the next wedding. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we'll get started. Uh, who wants to go first on on what book you picked and why you picked it? Any volunteers? I I could go. All right. I went, I went last this morning. I can go first this evening. <laughs> so uh, I was very proud of myself. What was it last week or so? Because I bought a couple of Charlton comics to read for the podcast, and then Mike pointed out that those aren't DC. And then uh, <laughs> I said, oh. And then you're like, shucks. 
<laughs> and then and then you were kind enough to say, well, we'll, we'll include uh, uh, companies that were swallowed up by DC. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what I read uh, this morning was Haunted Love Number One by uh, Charlton, and this was in 1973. And uh, it was it was cool. It had a couple stories in it. Um, and uh, there's a lot of a lot of work just in this era um, with uh, N- N- Nicola Cucci and um, Joe Staten. Oh, he's amazing. Yeah, I mean they they did a lot. I mean they were. I read two different Charltons today, and uh, they both had uh, stories in them. Have you and, ever and, met Joe at a convention? No. Uh. Uh-uh. Have you, uh, Joe or uh, Kirk, no. Joe Staten? I have. He's he and his wife are just about as nice as could be. Yeah, amazing people. And I've gotten him to sign several things, and uh, I took. He he recognized me coming back because I usually try to get something signed every day, <laughs> and his wife was like, "I really appreciate you not doing everything at once." I was like, "Well, I hate to be that guy. I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessive. I'm obsessive about getting autographs, but I try to limit it to a few at a time, and then if yeah. I have time, I'll come back and get some more." But he's done so many books that, you know, you're like, I love, yeah, I love this I love one. Their, I love E-Man. that one. E-Man is uh, terrific. It's fun. Do you, do you remember uh, that he was, I mean, he did the Dick Tracy strip thing with the spirit, that freebie? I have yes. that piece from Andrew Peepoy that's on the back of the cover of that. Yes, I, I want that piece. <laughs> yeah, it's a great piece, man. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so um so for this one it's Tales of Gothic Romance. What number was this um, again? Number one. Oh, you went to the yeah. big spender. You went all out. No, He's they were very reasonable. <laughs> I got this and scary tales on my comic shop and they're both very reasonable priced. So I'm like, yeah, I might as well get number one. They have they had it in stock. Very decent uh decent copies and, and not not too expensive, so Oh, I have oh. this issue. This you do? Was, I have, well, it's, Charlton did this weird thing in the 80s, or maybe it was later, where modern comics came out, and they were oh, reprints yes. of the Charlton, and you yeah. can get them at Kirk's favorite store, at uh, Kmart. Kmart had modern comics, and uh, oh, that's wow. that's where I got, I got all my modern comics from, is going to the Blue Light Special and getting some comics. <laughs> this That's was the one best of blue them. light special you could ask for. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> well, the first of the stories is um, entitled uh, "Eternal Teacher," and uh, the idea of this story is this: a uh, uh, couple uh, ask this uh, this new uh, teacher to come and teach their their daughter because um, they've had trouble uh, retaining teachers and. Uh, he's, he's, he's accepted. Um, and you know, as, as the father explains, like they've gone through like seven instructors, the guy's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm brand new. I'm not sure that I'm going to be perfect for this. He's like, no, 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 you'll, you'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. So they, he wants to, uh, meet her right away, but they kind of like show him around the house and where he's, cause he's going to be a, like a live in, um, uh, teacher for for this girl and uh show him his room and everything else 
and they have dinner and it's not until the next morning that they're sitting down for breakfast that they introduce him to um, their daughter Elizabeth and uh, she comes downstairs and she's like sucking her thumb. She has a little dolly and she's dressed like a young girl, but she's like a grown, she's like 18 years old. So um, they said that, you know, the father explains that mentally Elizabeth is about five years old. um, But, you know, can you please give it a try? So he agrees and, and she's, and she's learning like very, very well and, and, and going through stuff like first the alphabet and she's already putting words together and the, the soon she's she's reading and and you know she uh, she asks to be taught more and okay let's learn about geography and and so he's getting kind of confused cuz he's like what's going on here and um she gets, she's very excited about learning and and she gives him a hug and he kind of like holds holds her back and says you know remember that you're a full grown woman and she apologizes but then it shows like her inner thoughts and she's and she's falling in love with the instructor um and so the the next uh that evening comes and uh the and 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 the the girl wakes him up in in the middle of the in the middle of the night it's like two in the morning and she's dressed like very like uh, she's been a beautiful dress and says come here i want to show you something and and then brings her down to the library, brings him down to the library, and she says, "You know, this is this is my father's library. I've been reading uh, all night, and there's so much to learn. Will you teach me?" And uh, they embrace and and start kissing. And so then the next um, the next morning, uh, he comes, he wakes up and comes downstairs, and uh, the father kind of confronts him and says, "You know, I can tell that." You know, you're falling for my daughter because she looks like a grown woman. But um, you know, she's a, she's asleep now. But as, when she wakes, um, you're you're gonna you're gonna see what you're what you're in for. Um, he he explains that uh, she's like an eraser going over a blackboard every night, and when she wakes up in the morning, she doesn't remember anything. And so, sure enough, she comes downstairs again, dressed like a little girl, and saying, "Hello, you must be my new teacher." Um, and so he's shocked, but then he says, I made you a promise and I'll keep teaching you forever. And so that was like kind of a interesting twist there at the end. Uh, like 51st like that, States. Uh, yeah. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. <laughs> she kept forgetting that, that, re- that really exists too. I mean, it usually is Can like you... a head injury. Yes. Adam Sandler sort. really does exist. Yeah, <laughs> that no, I, I write something not recently. It was in the news. It, yeah, this girl is the exact same thing. She she knows everything up to a certain date. Yeah, but and that, that, from that there, date on, every there, every day she forgets. Right. That was uh, that was just in the news. Yes. Matter yes. of fact, Barb Barb showed me uh, how she was forget she she got hair or something like mm-hmm. that. And yeah, uh, and she, they have her all over for her in the morning when yeah. she wakes up and stuff. I mean, that's it's gotta like, be. It's, it's like Memento. The guy had to like mm-hmm. write on his arm to even remember where he is. There, yeah. there was one scene in that movie where he's running and he's like, "Why am I running?" And then some guy's shooting at him. And he has right. to look at his arm and he's like, "Why am I getting shot at?" <laughs> you know, it's like. In in real life though, that's gotta be such a heartbreaking. Oh my god. Thing because like, as she continues to grow old, if like people around her that she cares about pass away. 
she's going to forget and, ha- and go through that yeah, grief tragic. every single it's tragic. day. You can't, yeah. she can, it, it's almost more tragic to the, the loved ones because right. they go through it every day every and they have to day. go through the steps. Yeah. That and made you me know think what like you're a, in store for, for the next day. That made yeah. me think of like a winter soldier, uh, where, uh, Peggy, can't remember because she's got alzheimer's or dementia or something i don't know that they ever say and so every time she sees steve is for the first time again mm-hmm. yeah 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 for sure um there was a this, second oh, this cover is covers amazing too yeah I love I like the cover it. yeah it really drew me in um did you see it, it says 70 dollars in our database what's up with that Oh God! It was not. I did not pay seventy dollars. I think I might have paid fifteen or something like That's that. That's just what he's going to claim on his taxes. That's yeah. exactly. <laughs> I found it for twenty five on eBay. There okay, yeah, I, 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 that's why I, I paid fifteen twenty dollars something like that on my comic shop. Um, but yeah, I thought it was well worth it. Um, the second what condition? Story, what condition? I want to say it was might Fine? have been. Fine or very fine, I don't remember which now. You know what? I can look it up because I put it in my in the database after when I got it and I put whatever con- condition they they said it was. Let's see. Haunted. Well, if that's fine, it says twenty five dollars. So <laughs> let's see. You're in the ballpark. Fine. Yep. Yeah. It. it was fine condition. Yep. Not too bad. Um, the, the second story is called A Kiss to Save Him from the Grave. And uh, this, this one... Does this one have to do with the cover? Is this second story? This, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. It's so, kind of a creepy cover, though. Do you want to describe yeah. it? The, the cover? Yeah. All right. Well, so it's like you can see in, in the mirror um, uh, this older gentleman saying, you're shivering, my dear, relax. You'll belong to me forevermore. And this young woman is thinking, I hate him, but I can't refuse his kisses. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure, quite sure what's going on with that hand, that extra hand. You see that? I don't see an extra hand. It looks like it's coming from down from the bottom of the panel of the, of the cover. That, I think that's her real hand, and you're seeing the reflection of her yeah. hand like... Yeah, clutching at the air. Yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah. And Tom Sutton can draw a cover. Yeah, yeah, this is Tom Sutton. That's right. This whole second story is. Um, It's a creepy cover, though, because she's like, this is like sleeping with the enemy. (laughs) (laughs) It features Lucille Barton. She's a nurse, and she's uh, agreed to... um, uh, to go and um, uh, take care of a, a rich man um, along with this doctor named Dr. Thornton. And uh, so they take a leave of absence uh, from the hospital to, to go work there. Uh, this guy apparently is very elderly, and um, but he's offering a lot of money to keep him alive. So Lucille drives up there um, the day before uh, the doctor is going to get there. Uh, the old man is named Trevor Galt, and uh, she's wondering why uh, the other nurse is is planning on leaving because of the the amount of of pay. Uh, when she gets to the door, the butler basically, to be honest with you, looks like a zombie, but he's just he's just very old. Um, 
So she goes and 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 goes to the to the room of the of the old man and uh, the <laughs> the uh, nurse that's already there, <clears throat> already there uh, just runs out and tries to warn her away, but she doesn't want to hear anything of it and basically said that he's a fiend and that she's going to go insane and and all of this and the the nurse runs away and Lucille come goes in and I mean he, he she she looks at him he's lying in bed. Uh, they draw him like basically as as white as a pillow sheet and uh, all you know wrinkled and and he he, lo- he looks like he's dead. But um, she checks him and he's 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 still breathing. He's still got a pulse, but he's just lying there. And in that initial um, contact with with him, uh, she f- thinks she senses somebody behind her and think she felt somebody kiss the back of her neck but there's but there's nobody there and as she turns away she can see a slight smile on on uh, Mr. Galt's face lying in bed um so that um that evening uh she continues to hope that Dr. Thornton is coming but apparently he's not going to get there until the next day um she checks in on Mr. Galt again and um, has the the butler uh, uh, see her to her room, and if there's anything going on, you know they'll 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 wake her. So she has a dream in the middle of the night of a young man um, asking her uh, downstairs to um, join him in in his garden, and she starts sleepwalking and goes outside, and uh, they start they start kissing. He's he's presented in the book as like a like a ghost translucent and everything else and even though he's kissing or she's kissing him and and so on he she's thinking in her head she's like why am i doing this 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 is you know terrifying me and um after afterwards the uh the ghost says you know return to your room so she goes back up there or she actually starts going back up there and Dr. Thornton um, gets there in the middle of the night as she's sleepwalking back up to her room. And uh, he, he he gets her back into bed. And then you hear, or you actually see him thinking that he's been doing some research on this Trevor Galt. And uh, they, he can't seem to... Now, according to this, um, in 1908, keep in mind this this comic came out in 1973 so in 1908 um trevor galt just suddenly appeared as a young man to claim the inheritance and as as he did some research as thornton did some research there's like no records ever of like of like a baby like you know growing up and like records like that it just constantly all of a sudden this like young man just like just shows up as as the inheritor of the person who who is dying. So he's starting to wonder what's going on and is, and now that Trevor Galt's getting old and dying is, is, is a descendant just going to show up again, you know, as, as Trevor did. Um, the next morning, uh, they start, um, they, they meet up, um, Thornton and, and Lucille and he informs her that they were, that she was sleepwalking and and uh, everything else, and as they're talking, 
the butler comes and says that there's a telegram and it's from Trevor Galt III saying that he's going to arrive tomorrow and he hopes that his grandfather will still be alive when, when he does. So that's exactly what he was kind of, kind of thinking. And uh, basically uh, what you end up finding out towards the end is, um, well, actually I'll, I, I, I won't skip to the very end because uh, that evening, the ghost appears. The young, the the young man ghost appears to Lucille again, and gives her some instructions that that you don't see. And all of a sudden, she comes downstairs, and uh, Doctor Thornton is at Galt's bedside, keeping keeping eye on him to make sure that you know nothing happens and he stays alive for this Trevor Galt the third to show up, and. Uh, Lucille offers him uh, some coffee to stay awake, and so he says, "Oh, thanks, thanks very much." And then uh, he he pours it out and and accuses her of um, drugging the coffee and that she's under Galt's power. And uh, sure enough, uh, a spirit comes uh, when he throws the the coffee to the ground, and uh, he accuses Lucille of betraying him and. And basically, that's that's what it was. Is that as as he started to die, he was able to protect his spirit, and he was able to possess a nearby male body, and so he was going to possess Doctor Thornton's body, and and he was going to become the next um, Mister Galt uh, and inherit. And so it, it just ends um, saying that Lucille married Doctor Thornton. And on quiet nights when she walks upon the terrace, terrace, she still hears a whisper and it sets her nerves tingly, Lucille, Lucille. And that was the end. Um, th- these were both very enjoyable stories. I, I Don't uh, don't say uh, Lucille five times. Luce, I can't say Lucille. How about Helen? No, don't do no, it. No, 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 no. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, that's a Candyman <laughs> reference. <laughs> But yeah, this was good. This was this was um, a, a cool story. I, I I enjoyed both of them actually. I thought they were uh, pretty well done. So you'd recommend them? I definitely recommend this particular issue. That that's a high thing because it. What did it rank for you? What did this On your rank? Scale? Yeah. All right. Well, 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 well now, I actually I actually want to know the first story, the second, and the second story, like individually. Okay. So I would say probably the first story would be a four out of five. That's and pretty the, strong for you. And the second story would probably be a five out of five. Wow. It was very good. Very enjoyable. I'm impressed, Rob. Yeah. There, there's, well, no, I, there's no ambiguity there. No. Well, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to make sure you understood where I came, where I was coming from. <laughs> I read a scary tales. Number one by Charlton. Those were not as strong. Um, this was these were much much better. What was um, the what what is the host of Scary Tales? It's that sexy redhead. Yeah, it's it's our our Countess R H. Oh yeah, I just, I just read that and I couldn't remember yeah. her name. Yeah. It's so striking, those were okay, but they were kind cover, of. Though. It was like very easy to know exactly what was going to happen. There was nothing. You know, it was pretty obvious. 
wasn't as interesting as, as these I, stories. I, I find were. I find when they mix romance with horror, mm-hmm. it's it's really good. I think that's yeah, why I like the enjoyable. Dead Man story so much. Like those were great, huh? Yeah, the Kelly Jones and the even when they did Forbidden. I forget the Dead Man Forbidden House of Love or whatever the heck it was. It was that's the one amazing. I'm thinking of in particular. Yeah, that yeah. was Axel. But the yeah, Mike, but I, Bar- I the Mike this, Barron, this uh, Kelly Jones stuff, oh my God, it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, so I want to read some more Haunted Love now, and yeah, I don't own any. There's no more on uh, my comic shop. You took the last one. Uh, I'm going to have to get some other issues. There's only uh, 10 other issues. Yeah, but you took the last number one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to get some more, though. Get some get number who wants, two. Who in. wants to go next? I can go next. All right. What did you pick, and why did well, you pick it? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, uh, I picked it because my best friend. I want him to get over whatever uh, grief he's going to keep giving me the rest of my life if I don't deal with this right away. So I picked. <laughs> so I, I picked Weird I Western Tales number fifty-one. <laughs> there you go. Which is a, which is a Jerry Conway story. Uh, drawn by Dick Ayers, and uh, consequently, it's called Hanging for a Scalp Hunter. So I, I guess we could probably guess why I picked this one. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> Kirk's oh, happy, man. He's happy. He's been well, waiting I, this for years. <laughs> well, I, I literally was doing a thing about comic book ads, and uh, I, it, I was trying not to be too verbose that day so i was just skimming through and i skipped the scalp hunter ad and he has not given me sense hey, so. skip scalp hunter. <laughs> anyway normally i would have picked a jonah hex uh book to start with but i figure i better appease kirk right away so <laughs> let's set the scene it's atlanta may 1862 so uh the cover is uh i'll cover that because uh, i think mike's going to ask me if i don't so it's basically the trap door of uh, a scaffold and uh, Scalp Hunter is going through it. It says Scalp Hunter has five seconds to beat the hangman and six seconds to die. So he's not in a, in a good way. <laughs> so uh, we start the story. He's bound up and he's behind bars. And there's a soldier that goes, it's time. Better make peace with your God I've, if you've got one. <laughs> so then three guards have come in. They're going to walk him down uh, the dead man's walk, if you will. And uh, he passes a cell, and there's a blonde woman in it, and she says, I need your courage, Kiwanate. I'm so afraid. And uh, <laughs> Mike, you didn't tell me I was supposed to do voices. I am, I am not prepared for my segment at all. <laughs> so they get him to the main uh, room in the jail, and he tries to escape, of course, but uh, the soldiers subdue him. Then we flash outside, and there's a mob, and they've gathered around the scaffold, and... Uh, they uh, get six soldiers and they drag a scalp hunter out of the wagon up to the scaffold. So uh, the prisoner looks out and uh, Kuwanote sees, am I saying that Kuwanote? Is that right? I always said it as as separate words, but usually I'm wrong. Oh, okay. Anyway, I'm either going to call him Brian because he's Brian Savage or scalp hunter or something. So just, just I want to, I want to hear Kirk say it. Say it. Yeah. Kiwanote. Kiwanote. All right. Okay, I'll call him Brian. It'll keep it easy. (laughs) (laughs) 
I so think Brian's, we can all agree on how to pronounce that one. Right. <laughs> so Brian's looking out over the crowd, and he sees this guy, Colonel Luton Tremaine. And it turns out this guy, even though he's supposed to be with the Confederacy, he's actually a northern spy. And uh, he's the reason that uh, Brian's about to get uh, hung. So then they kind of do a flashback because, you know, back in these days, every comic was the first comic. And so they wanted to have kids, you know, up to speed. So we find out that he was raised Kiowa, but the Union soldiers had uh, killed his entire tribe. And then it says later he found out he had a sister, Samantha Savage. So the reason he's in Atlanta is because he had uh, tracked her across the U.S. And that's where he finally ran across her. So in the house that he finally found his sister, there's a... a woman, Mademoiselle Marguerite, and uh, she had hired a couple of guys to uh, get some secret plans. And this Tremaine fella was going to sell these uh, to the Union. So in order to cover up his uh, treacherous ways, Tremaine had uh, basically Brian framed along with his sister that they were the ones who were actually taking information and giving them to the Union soldiers. So, uh, at the reading of the verdict, uh, Kiwan Note uh, kills his first accuser by throwing him out of a window, and then the second one, he uh, breaks his neck. So, right around, you see this guy does not mess around. So, then we get back to the present. Uh, he's about to be uh, hung, and they open the trap door, and, of course, he breaks out of his bonds. He gets a piece of glass, cuts the rope, jumps on a horse, and rides away through a cloud of bullets. And you have this southern gentleman in the crowd. Great God, sir. Say what you will about that man. He's a born equestrian. A rider like that can't be a spy. I just love the logic here. <laughs> just because you can ride a horse, you can't be a spy. Yeah, you can't betray your your forces if you can ride a horse really well. There you go. You can't do both. <laughs> so later... <laughs> Later, we see uh, Mademoiselle Marguerite. Uh, like I've mentioned, she was the reason that uh, Tremaine had teamed up with her to try to get uh, the rebel plans to the government. And she says, uh, you know, she would have got away with it if it wasn't for that pesky savage. But uh, speaking of Brian, she turns around and he's actually there behind her. So we change scenes one more time. And uh, Senator Creighton, the guy who had defended uh, Brian because of his horse skills, has now summoned uh, both his family, uh, the Colonel Tremaine and Samantha Savage, to his house so that he could interview her. Because, you know, if her brother uh, was, uh, you know, such a great horseman, obviously she had to be innocent, too. So uh, he brings in the uh, French spy, Marguerite, and she says that, you know, Samantha is innocent, except she calls her law innocent, but I don't I don't know if that's French. I guess so. But uh, this spy, I use uh, his name. And then all of a sudden, she gets shot dead. So Tremaine not only well, shoots who shot her, her. Oh, Tremaine uh, shot her. Yeah, Tremaine, it turns out, shot her. And then he shoots himself. So the next day, uh, Kuanate can't uh, hang around. So he heads out. And he asks, uh, or rather, Samantha asks him, um, why did you come here and who are you? Because she never actually found out that they were related. And he says, I am Kuwanate. I am a Kiowa brave. And he rides off into the sunset. And uh, so next month, Batlash returns and Scalp Hunter is suckered into joining the plot to kill President Lincoln. And Joe Crawford will be probably doing Jonah Hex. The end. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
There you got that it. Might be the, Kirk, the only satisfied? scalp hunter podcast available on the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool too because the cover sort of told the story. I mean, it it describes the story really well. Well, I love the cover blurb with the five seconds to hanging and six seconds to die or whatever it was. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I'd have been like, what? Six seconds? Seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And this 40 is 40 cents. <laughs> this is one I pulled out of a dime box maybe five years ago at a free comic book day. A dime oh, nice. box. Yep. I didn't know such thing existed. <laughs> I don't know if they will anymore around here. Uh, We had one sales uh, they used to have every year for free comic book day, but that store went out of business. So, but no uh, wonder at a dime a piece. (laughs) Well, it was only once a year. (laughs) There, there, there was one early Heroes Con I went to where there was dime boxes, and uh, my my friend Micah he literally just they said they gave him like a deal for like I don't know if it was like ten bucks. Or whatever, but you could fill a long box with with everything you can fill in it for ten bucks. And he literally yes. he literally like picked through a bunch of them, and that box was really like two long boxes. It was stuffed so tight, the ends were like popping out. The box couldn't hold itself, and then he had to like walk like five blocks with the long box. Oh, man, I can barely go up a set of stairs with long boxes. I switched to short boxes a long time ago. I, I did the same. I did the same, and I'm, I am wish I would have done that a long time ago. But I realized when I gave myself an umbilical hernia carrying boxes out of the basement, I was not going to do long boxes anymore. Was this the flood? I remember you talking about this. Yeah, this, this was yeah. the flood, and I literally did like 40 of them, like, on a sprint because the the adrenaline was going through my body, right? I mean, I saw the hey, water, that water come, coming in. The is water no coming in. dealt with yeah, that too. The water coming in, and I could see flowing in the window well, and I right. was like, oh my god! And then I like, you know how they had like on Lou Ferrigno and the Incredible Hulk, you know how Bill Bixby was always looking for the way, you know, how that woman could lift a car, you know, and mm-hmm. that that's how he got gamma rays. That I literally had that adrenaline. I I had this adrenaline. I was just like, box after box, stack two of them on there. Boom! <laughs> Save the comics. Save the comics. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next day, I couldn't even move. Yeah. But the good news of the story is no comic book was hurt in any of that. There you go. There is a happy ending. That's right. Yeah. A couple thousand dollars later on a, the cost of an umbilical hernia. Oh, jeez. I didn't even think anything of it. I, said, oh, I used to have any belly button. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Why is my belly button? Yeah, I went to the doctor and I was like, can, can an any belly button become an Audi? <laughs> He's like, and he goes, not your belly you, button. Yeah. He says, you better get that taken care of. And I'm like, but it doesn't, it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt at all. And he yeah. says, well, that's probably your intestines hanging out of your belly button, and you can pinch it, and you'll die. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Yeah, so I was like, I better get this taken care of. <laughs> yep. Super glue ain't going to fix that. No, <laughs> no, it won't. What about just duct tape around your midsection? <laughs> duct tape works on everything. 
Right. <laughs> you want to go next, Kirk? All right. Well, I'm not a. I don't have the voices like Joe, and I don't have the thoroughness of Rob. But uh, I wanted to pick something special for our debut episode, and I picked. It was the second Sergeant Rock that I ever bought new off the stands. It's Sergeant Rock number three nineteen, and it's the last thirty-five cent issue before the DC explosion when they went up to forty-four pages and raised the prices to fifty cents. Which was a bad time to start buying comics because my dad was like, 50 cents? They should be a dime. <laughs> but it features what, a beautiful. Wait, what, what year was that? So was it 78 is, or 79? Cover dated August 1978. And that's the last 35 oh, cents. Oh, because I was just doing a lot of research on the, the explosion or implosion. And um, I didn't know, but this was right around that time. Well, it and was the, a magical time for me, and I was, was so like, excited about all these books. They all because they all had house ads saying, you know, look for this one, and I was like, oh, I'm going to have to have that. And then, then a lot of them never even came out. Yeah, but they're all out now. That's what's incredible is you can find them all without having to buy those expensive comics cavalcade, except for a couple of them. There's I don't think they've done the Claw the Conquered or a couple of the obscure stuff but most of them you could find in some form because that canceled comics cavalcade number one and two those are like four grand <laughs> well those only went to staff right originally yeah right. yeah and people who worked on the books right that's yeah, incredible well it's got a wonderful joe kubert cover where rock is battling another nazi sergeant in hand-to-hand combat while they're surrounded by a tribe of headhunters. It says, Rock finds himself in a fight to the death while an audience of headhunters awaits the victor. And this issue is pretty cool to me because most of Rock's adventures are set in Europe, and this one is set in Africa. And uh, it's a little more um, violent than your average Sergeant Rock issue. There's a lot of uh, dead soldiers as Easy comes in to relieve the previous company who's been fighting on the front lines and uh, rock meets a German counterpart to himself who's leading his troops into certain death, but he doesn't quit fighting and rock gets knocked out and gets sent back and he gets chosen for a mission to represent the allied forces with a small group of French soldiers to go try to be ambassadors to the African tribes to try to get them to join the allied forces and not the, the nasty bachi. And some of the French soldiers don't listen to the Sarge so well. So there's some Indiana Jones style death traps set up for them and they don't they don't go so well so as when he finally gets to meet the tribes rock is the last man standing and the true to the cover the tribe has rock and the german sergeant face off together with one spear between them to fight to the death and since there is a sergeant rock number 320 i'm gonna spoil it and say that rock wins but uh It's 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 quite a, a battle that they fight as the as the tribe looks on, but it's kind of surprising to me that you know of all the people you would send to represent the Allied forces, you pick this frontline sergeant. But uh, the the comic is a great comic. I highly recommend it. Uh, 
It's got two ads for the DC explosion. You got one subscription ad where you want, don't want to miss out. Get send DC your money and get all these great issues. And another one with three individual features with weird Western tales now featuring cinnamon and world's finest now featuring Shazam and the brave and the bold now featuring the human target. It's the DC explosion guys. Mm-hmm. Don't want to miss out. It's, it's a full length tale and I highly recommend it. It's what, what was the issue number again? It is Sergeant Rock number 319, and the story is to kill a sergeant, but it's not Sergeant Rock. Is there a backup feature in that, or is that the whole story? No, this is a full-length story. This this one kind of spoiled me, because it was the second issue I bought off the stands, and so many of the DC War books, you know, they would have a 12 or 13-page lead story and then a backup story or two, so I, I thought... I thought they would all be full length. I was like, what is going on? When I was yeah. <laughs> do, do you remember where you got it from? Was it I a spinner rack? I, or? I think I do, but it could be a created memory because so many of my books came from, we had a convenience store that was also my school bus stop. So I would uh, shop the comics in the morning and shop the comics in the afternoon. I would, I would hit it twice a day and, and that's, where, that's where it came from. You probably you're supposed to use that on lunch money, and you you decided. <laughs> no, I'd well, rather have Sergeant Rock. I did that. And there were a few times where I was a I was a capitalist, and I would buy like ten cent candy at the bus stop and sell it for a quarter at school, and I'd go. make myself some comic book money. <laughs> I did that with uh, toothpicks and cinnamon sticks back in the day, because cinnamon sticks were like a big thing. I remember you, that. Yeah, and you can make. Make a lot of money selling those things for like ten cents, and, and buy a a lot of comics. Yeah, I remember kids doing that with nowelators. Oh yeah. Yeah, the, you know the ten cent ones would be like a quarter at school. Uh huh. Well, that that bought me a lot of comics at the time because a quarter was the magical currency to me because the flea market and the junk stores usually would price their used comics at a quarter. So every time I got a quarter, that meant I was getting a comic book. Mm-hmm. So if I could sell a 10 cent, I remember buying candy, uh, little wrist bracelets. They weren't the full size candy necklaces, but they were for the wrist and I'd buy them for 10 cents and I'd sell them for a quarter at, at school. And, and there you know, you by the, by the weekend I would have enough money to buy a few comics. That sounds like a good way to do it. What <laughs> I did is trade. That's how I'd buy one, and then that would get me twenty comics because I could trade. One comic. I didn't have a lot of trading done. I because yeah. I missed the book I'd gotten rid of, so I did it a few times, and then I was like, I don't want to get rid of them. I just want to get <laughs> them all. <laughs> so um, my book, I didn't know what I was getting into, but I found it striking. It has. Uh, a uh, surfboarding skeleton on the cover, and it's uh, House of Mystery 247. And uh, there's two girls in bikinis and a huge wave getting to crash over them. And there's one guy under the wave, and it says, Death Rides the Waves. And that's one of the stories. The first story is one of uh, those of a hunter. You, you've read those hunter stories this this guy is a rich guy he he goes to india to kill an elephant well i i think elephants are prized in india um 
and uh, the tribe there does not want to uh, allow him to do this because he wants to go after the biggest elephant there, and that elephant is is sort of worshipped by these this tribe. And uh, the script is by Jack Olick, and the art is by Steve Ditko. Uh-oh. So uh, we got Ditko, and it's cool because there's there's like monster. You know, Ditko is really good at what I know him from is like pre Marvel superhero stuff, drawing um, you know monsters. Uh, matter of fact, I just picked up the uh, Steve Ditko omnibus, and a lot of that's kind of what he he drew. But um. In this story, I had to actually look this up because I didn't know what the term beaters were. Do you know what a beater is? As a car? No. Uh, it, yeah, that's what it, I was thinking. It's used in terms of uh, hunting. I don't know what that would be. Are they I, supposed I know, to like walk ahead and beat the bushes to try to get the animals out? Sort sort of, yeah. They, they like, uh, it's like several people that go and like bang on things and try to, they try to steer the animals to an area where the hunters are. Okay. And I never knew what that was. It's, it's pretty crappy to do. Um, this tribe didn't do it, but there was one guy that needed the money within that tribe. And he's like, well, I'll get a, a group together and we'll, we'll drive that. And his wife is, is like, please don't do this, honey. You know, we don't want, we don't <laughs> want to kill anybody and, and get these people trampled. You know, you get them all trampled by the elephants. And, um, he decides to do it anyway. Um, so they, the beaters bang on those things, and all the animals come out. He sees that huge elephant. He shoots it. He misses. And then we're interrupted by the DC line of superheroes ad. And uh, <laughs> in this one, you have Cobra. Do you remember that? That was awesome. Cobra with the K. It was a short, short-lived uh, series. About oh, yeah. The, the two twin, twin brothers. brothers, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there you go. You have a Teen Titans ad. Uh, with fighting Doctor Light and uh, Detective Comics, and what year was this? I don't even know. 1976. So not quite the implosion, but more important, you have an ad for Super Friends number one and Welcome Back Carter, which I just completed. Um, minus uh, Welcome Back Carter was part of the implosion. So what they did with that one is they rolled it into the limited collector's edition treasury size things. So that's, I am lacking the Welcome Back Carter treasury edition. So it's like one of those unpublished things that you can get. But mm-hmm. it, it didn't quite finish. Uh, so the elephants come out. You know, they trample this entire village. And one of these guys was kind of like a, a village priest. And he put a curse on this this guy. And he's like, I placed this curse on you. And, you know, we died of being trampled on. You're going to get trampled on. <clears throat> and this guy's like, oh, I don't believe you. And his wife is, you did you killed all these people. And I don't know what to do. I just, why am I married to you? <laughs> and then he hangs the elephant up on the wall. And uh, he's bragging to everybody, and his wife is just having these visions, like these nightmares every night, waking up in a cold sweat. And uh, all of a sudden, there's this, the wall comes crashing in, and you're like, what the hell just happened? 
that he goes walking from his bed trying to determine what's happening. This huge roach, or, or a, no, it's a termite. Huge termite there. And he's like, what the hell? There's a giant termite. Somebody help me. And really what happened is he shrunk. So his wife calls the police. And then his wife ends up stepping on him. I thought it was funny. Was like, the, the irony of the situation. And the, the he got trampled. The, the cop pulls up the the termite that w- that was uh, chasing her husband, and she says, "You got a termite problem. You need to call an exterminator." And she says, "Exterminator? What is that?" <laughs> she doesn't know what an exterminator is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> And then you get a great little pause for the cause with the CBS Saturday morning cartoon. And oh, uh, yeah. this this is where you have to make, in our days of cartoons, you have to make tough decisions. There was no recorder. There You had to, like, decide. You had to plot this out. I'm going to jump from ABC to NBC, and I'm going to pick the fall TV preview, TV guide. You had to study it, and you had to put it to memory. But at 8 o'clock, you had Sylvester and Tweety, followed by the Bugs Bunny Roadrunner Hour at 8.30. And that ran one hour, of course, because it was called One Hour. And then you had at 9.30, Tarzan, Lord of the Jungle. And at 10, you had Isis. At 10.30, you had Shazam. So you had the Shazam-Isis Power Hour. Um, at 11, you had Arc 2. I have, I don't even know what that is. I don't remember this at all. Mm-hmm. 11.30, you had the Clue Club. I remember that with the two dogs. That was a great show. Yeah. I liked that one. At noon, you had Fat Albert. And Fat Albert was always really late in the day. Uh, at 12.30, you had something called the Way Out Games. I don't know if that was, uh, that was a live action show, I think. And uh, then finally, CBS's Children's Film Festival at a, at one o'clock. But that's a lot of like cartoons. <laughs> and, that's some and, awesome and, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't program. know about you guys growing up, but the local channel uh, in Macon, Georgia, they 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 never did the late shows. It either went to like football or wrestling or something by noon. Yeah, we were done by noon here too. Yeah. Yeah, there was. If anything was advertised in the ad at like twelve thirty or something, I rarely saw it. I think yep. we cut off and it went to Soul Train when I was a kid. I was like, what yeah, that is was this? Soul yeah, that was Train. Like on ABC. I remember that. Yeah, you get like the weekend special and then you get Soul Train. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, then then you get a uh, an ad for uh, the Amazing World of DC Comics. I. I only own one of these, or maybe two of them, and these were like uh, fanzines for DC, and they're they're pretty awesome. I'd I'd like to track all of them down at some point. But this is what's published if you wanted to get a subscription: Action Comics, Adventure, Superman Family, Superboy, Legion of Superheroes, Superman, World's Finest, Shazam, Batman, Brave and the Bold, Detective, Secret Society of Supervillains. Love that one. Uh, Flash, Four Star Spectacular, Justice League, Wonder Woman, Metal Men, DC Special, and now we get into our themes, Ghosts, House of Mystery, House of Secrets, The Unexpected, The Witching Hour, Plop, 
which I <laughs> my brother had a full run of that, and I don't know what happened to it because I would wa- ask him for it. But uh, you have Young Love, Batman Family, Super Super Team Family, Freedom Fighters, uh, GI Combat. There we go. Our All Army right. at War. Our Fighting Forces, Star-Spangled War Stories, Weird War Tales, Weird Western Tales, Commandy, All-Star Action Comics, Starfire, um, Karate Kid, and DC Superstars. And that Starfire wasn't the Teen Titans one. There was more sword and sorcery science fiction stuff. Yeah. Okay. What was the one four-star special? What was that? Uh, that was a, a reprint It was one. reprints. Yeah. Okay, I didn't know that one. Yeah, the Four Star Spectacular. One of the reprint magazines of the time. There's a couple of them. I think Super Wasn't Team Family. Yeah, it was like a... This is a 30-cent comic. It was like a 50-cent comic. Right. Yeah. Mm. The next story is what the cover was about. And this this art is amazing, and I hope one of you guys could, I, could tell me who it is. Because I... He makes this like squiggly line over the first letter, and I can't tell if it's an S or a J, but it's Jod Loman. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard of him. Have you guys? Says says Jess Load Loman on uh, the DC Wiki page. Load Load Loman. J O D L O M A N. Jod Loman. Loman. Joe yeah. Loman. Yeah, and have his you, first have name's you Jess. Ever let's seen... call him Brian. <laughs> yeah, let's call him Brian Savage. <laughs> okay, Brian. This guy's art is like hyper detailed. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's really amazing. And uh, the story is by Arnold Drake, who I know from Doom Patrol. Um, Just clicking on him, he did almost all, almost all, uh, the horror stuff. He has one credit for All Out War and everything is, is like Ghost, House of Mystery, Weird War Tales, Witching Hour, Secrets of the Haunted House, The Unexpected. So that yeah, was his specialty. It's amazing uh, the detail he puts in there. I don't know if it shows his art, but it's pretty incredible. This story is, is, is all kinds of fun because I, I've never seen anybody surf this. But there's like these two large rocks. They're like, I don't know. They must be like 50 feet in the air, and like waves crash in between them. And it's got like this narrow entry point where only like maybe three people can fit through four. And this guy decides to surf through it. And his girlfriend's like, "Oh my God, don't do it! You're gonna get us killed." He, she loves him and she doesn't want him to die but he he wants this he wants to be able to brag about it and uh he he makes it but she sees this vision of a skeleton surfing between there and making it and she sees him dead when he really isn't dead but it's like he's going to be <laughs> so hmm. he gets out there and there's this promoter he says that was incredible i can't believe you did it and uh, i i do tv and all this stuff and I want to uh, give you money to to do it again, and he's like, you know, I that's I did it once. I don't want to do it again, but you're gonna give me money? Okay, I'll I'll do it. Heck with mm. that. He decides he's gonna do it, but while he's watching, another guy comes through that crevice and uh, surfs right through, and that promoter's like, 
oh my god this is awesome two people went through the rocks and survived why don't we have a competition and show it out live on tv and then whoever wins will win the money well these guys get into like a fight because this this one guy that came through is san francisco rich boy and this guy i can't remember where he's from but he he grew up poor and he's he just doesn't like this rich guy at all and he he decides hey let's throw down before the let's let's actually fight it out before the surfing begins and he kills him and he's like holy crap i killed him he's dead and uh so he decides to bury him in a place where they'll never find his body <laughs> near the ocean <laughs> where, where where the little the wash the sand away <laughs> they'll find him eventually but uh so the, the the promoter comes and they're gonna have the competition the guy doesn't show up and he says well i'll just do it myself and then he's like going through the rocks and he sees the ghost of the person he just killed and he ends up getting killed he dies because he's not paying attention on where he's surfing so uh that was the story that went with the cover um you have an ad for back to school supplies with the super friends, which is really cool. Cause I would have loved to have some of these school supplies, especially the ruler that has the entire justice league on the ruler. That would have been awesome. And then you got notepads and all kinds of goodies, um, collector stamps, stamp albums. And then uh, finally you have an ad for the, the, t- 204 revolutionary war soldiers for 225 and i actually sent away for this and i still have them (laughs) Mm -hmm. these ones had some girth to them they were really tiny they were man they were maybe a an inch tall and but if you ordered the military ones i don't know if you ever ordered the military box but they were flat the soldiers had they were like they had like a stand where they would sit and they would they were entirely flat which i thought mm. were la- and the tanks were as big as the soldier all the cannons were as big as the tank they were all like so it would really bother me with those military ones but the revolutionary ones were more proportional so i i kind of dug them but uh this was this was a fun issue it's good stuff and this is the issue that features the itty bitty yellow polka dot bikini on the cover, correct? Yeah. Really good poses. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have to be careful how you arrange a cover with a surfing skeleton. You want to get everything in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this was a, a, a really fun issue. I liked it. And I... I I don't think I've ever seen this his art before, um, and it it is really hyper detailed. Plus, they had a DC 1977 calendar you could order, and uh, recently I ordered I ordered an old calendar. It was a Marvel one, but it was from Reed, and it was awesome. Like it had the thing about this calendar was like it had all the bullpen bulletins. Like, the people that were working in the bullet, it has their birthdays and everything. Like, it has, on every day, there's, like, some kind of event of Marvel Comics. But I I wonder if DC did something similar. But that's it. I I think we made it. That's cool. Well, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll try yeah. to do this monthly, and uh, with four people, we'll just try to do it. Is try to get everybody on every uh, yeah. month. I got a my comic shop order coming um, midweek, and it's filled with war, horror, and romance comics. There you go. Yeah. I want to know what war comics. <laughs> 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 let's see, let's see if I can find them. Yeah. I I remember. Uh, no, so what what do you think? Weird War Tales is that horror or war? Or just a That's combination both. of the two. It's it's, it's, it's both. It's yeah. got a, a yeah. foot in each each pool. I would say it does, doesn't it? Yeah, kind of yeah. like what you did today was both romance ha- and horror. Love. Yeah, yeah. All right, so what do I got coming? So I've got. Falling in Love and Secret Hearts. I have three Unexpected. I have three Unknown Soldier. I have three Weird War Tales and one Young Love. Oh, nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because I, I don't have a lot of romance comics, but I don't know. Mike, well, you might you, know what's available on the app. If there's anything on there, I don't know. But I'm not. They, on the app, they have a couple of the uh, gothic romance stuff which which are mm-hmm. pretty they're pretty awesome and they're they're extremely expensive so it's worth reading those yeah um, i i want them a lot but they're a couple hundred dollars i mean they're but their covers on those they're freaking amazing dark mansion of forbidden love they have some of that <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah it's not a lot though they, they don't I, go, they I, I don't figured go not. Heavy in romance or horror. They are yeah. starting to build up their House of Mystery and House of Secrets. They've been putting out like three. Or, I don't know if it's because it's Halloween, but the app, they're putting out three or four a week. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, but I can see them putting you, out war and, and horror more so than a, a romance. You know, uh, on the app. Yeah. Well, they did the the one showcase, uh, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Because, uh, well, you know, they may have done one of those gothic ones. I can't remember, like, Secret of... Uh, what's the one that's kind of like the gothic romance? Secret of something. And um, and then they had, the, like, the young, young romance uh, showcases I, I, I keep tempted to bust those out. The only problem if I cover showcases is you don't get a full a full issue a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll get like, you know, if you do like Batlash, for instance, you're just it's just the little backups for the most part. Yeah. The the thing that you'd be missing, though, that makes romance comics so much fun <laughs> is the letters column. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> The, I, I can read the letters column all day long. I mean, it's just great. Cause they're Are like, they putting those on Abby. the apps when they do those? I don't. Because I, I, I haven't done no. the DC app. Okay. Their scans of some of the older books are not great, especially okay. if you use, like, the zoom-in. But mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty awesome that they have them. Like, it, I, read, I read one of them, and it was, like, a dollar size or one of – House of Mystery tended to have a lot of stories in it, typically, and mm-hmm. and so did House of Secrets. So they were the thicker the thicker books. We're sold the war ones like GI Combat was always 
the GI combat I started with was the dollar ones. Yeah. Yep. That was a dollar book when everybody else was like, I want to say like either 50 or 60 cents. Yeah. I well, love those dollar, dollar ones. When, I, I couldn't believe how thick they everybody were. Everybody did the 50 cent uh, DC explosion jump. Right. And then they never came back down. But right. at the, in the beginning, I want to say it was like 80 pages, maybe. I mean, it was packed. It was fat. And then the price stayed the same, but your page count came way down. Mm-hmm. Those uh, those unknown soldiers are going to be fun, though. Like I, I haven't read, especially if it's a David Michelini ones. I just love the David Michelini unknown soldier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you on Instagram, Rob? I am. Look for when you get your unknown soldier, uh-huh. and you can see how he spells his name because I'd probably misspell it and i'm sure i'll mispronounce it but jerry talayok he's on instagram and he's doing a lot of paintings of unknown soldier and some other things and it's just amazing what he's doing now what is one of the what is he doing with them selling them or i assume he sells them because a lot of times he'll say this one sold you know i did this this is sold already but there's some just amazing stuff, and, and it's good to see him still creating because a lot of these guys who worked on these books aren't with us anymore. So yeah. not only is he still around, he's still putting out some even better than he was doing then. I mean, it, it looks like this is his prime. That's cool. Yeah. I it was Sinister it. House of Secret Love. That's the one I couldn't remember. Oh. Ah. <laughs> now that's a title right there. Yeah, yeah. it is a title. <laughs> Yeah, that has a showcase, too, because it changed to just the Secrets of Sinister House eventually. Mm-hmm. That that one I did not know has a – because the other one is like Young Love, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I got to pick that up if it's available. Most That's of uh, my showcases that I got I, – I tend to keep the showcases um, that are not color, like in genres that I – that are non-superhero because for some reason I need my cape and cowls in color. I, I don't know what it is, but I have like the enemy aces and the, the horror in, in showcase format. I just got obsessed with them and I don't even care what it is for the most part. I buy them at this yeah. point, especially you're close now. to the entire set, right? Uh, for showcases. Yeah. I'm still a way off with the essentials. But there was essentials ran a lot longer too. They had more, yeah. I wish I had the booster gold uh, show showcase. That's a good one, yeah, because yeah. that's basically the entire series. They started doing that towards the end, like uh, yeah, they like did when they Blue did Beetle Am- too. Yep, and that and Amethyst, uh, both they did like the entire shebang in one book. Yeah, Captain Carrot. Yep. But you have a lot of war ones like that, but you don't have any... I can't think of a lot of war collected editions. No, but I feel like they did start doing... You know, they were doing those uh, Bronze Age Omnibi. They were doing some of those uh, with the horror ones, but not the war ones. Yeah, they they did House of Mystery and House of Secrets because I bought them. But they they don't... We have that Jonah Hex one, but they delayed it. Um, but there's other than there's, there's a few of the archives, the DC archives that are Sergeant rock, but 
those ones are expensive. Well, yeah. the rock showcases are hard to find too. I've yeah. found that a lot of the ones that are tough are those early war ones. Yay, war comics. <laughs> well, I think they're just the people who like war, uh, there's not as many of us, but you know, we're willing to pay money to get it. So, <laughs> yeah, I just told well, that's that the way they it's always been. Them. When Which I was ones? when I was really buying the back issues, you'd usually either find them in a bargain because the dealer was like, "Nobody buys war. I'm getting rid of these," or either he knew these are hard to find, so I'm going to charge you double the price guide. And it was more I, often I, that case. I, I I run into war comics that is mostly the second case more Me than too. it's worth. It, it used to be the other way. I I, I want to say years maybe 10 years ago but i'm i'm finding it's you're not you're not finding them cheap anymore yeah no and and at this point if i see any i don't even check to see if it's one i have i just buy them yeah uh, in in a cheap box because i'll just buy everything they've got because you're not gonna find them cheap anymore for the most part Mm -hmm. yeah i had somebody asking me on twitter about she found some sergeant rock in the bargain box and asked me that I think that was a good deal. I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. Well, yeah. Any, any of those books, except for maybe like, I mean, I guess maybe like something like the unknown soldier from the eighties, like, uh, was it the Owsley stuff? But anything other than that, you're talking about bronze age. If you find it cheap, you, if you don't have a home for it, you'll find a home for it. I guarantee you. Right. Yeah. They're, I don't know why they're hard to find, but other than maybe people don't sell them, you know, that, so there's it's more rare for somebody to sell their war books than other books. Because I, I think they had fairly good print runs because when I was a kid, because of army men and just because of things, you know, I'd watch Baba Black Sheep and just anything I could get. If it was uh, the Green Beret with John Wayne or whatever, I, I would watch it. And uh, our friend, my friends were. That's why I bought that Navarone set uh, that I talked to you about, Kirk. That had it was the Nazi cannons, and it's, it's right. Two, that's an awesome feet, looking set. Yeah, it's like two feet tall. And um, I I used to love just playing army men. I mean, that was the thing. Well, I think part of the problem with finding the war comics is they weren't necessarily read by collectors, because like all my friends in elementary school. We all read Sergeant Rock, but I was me and and one other guy were like the only collectors who wanted them all. They just, you know, they were going to get a haircut, so they'd get a Sergeant Rock. You know, why not? And so it was like disposable entertainment. They'd read the story. They liked the character, but they didn't save it. They went off to play Little League where I went back home going, I need another comic book. (laughs) I don't remember war comics. And I'm a little bit younger, I think, than you, Kirk, if I remember right, because I was born in 74. I don't remember a lot of war comics being on the spinner rack by the time I was buying comics with the exception of GI Joe. Mm. And I think I literally bought one issue of, um, uh, GI combat from the spinner rack and everything else was from like mile high or trading with people. Uh, Joe, I was going to say, yeah, GI combat lasted the longest and, you know, on the DC side that ended in 87. So, Right. Um, everything else was gone by like 83, 84, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't remember. I mean, I think maybe Blackhawk. 
I might have picked up an issue with it. I, I, I forget that it's it was around, but that's, yeah, I think I might have. That's because Blackhawk had that like intermission, like right. They yeah. got they got superpowers at one point, and then they came back later in the '80s during um, man like, around the Camelot 3000 uh, days. Um, I remember I like there was a cover of Blackhawk and it had the War Will on it, and I was like, I gotta have this. I gotta buy it. I remember where I bought that. It was at Don's Paperback Bookstore. But uh, I, I I like reading Blackhawk a lot, especially well that eighties run was excellent. Yeah, it's that so was what like Mark Evanier and uh, Dan Spiegel maybe. Yeah, that right? that's it. Yeah. And I wasn't buying it new for a while there because I associated Blackhawk with the silliness of being the superheroes and whatnot. Yeah, that's when so they had the saving, red costumes and stuff. They, it was weird. I was saving my money for the Sergeant Rock and the G.I. Joe and the Amethyst. and But then I ended up getting... I, mean, it was, I think it was the War Wheel issue with the War Wheel on the cover. And I was like, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute now. <laughs> and that's <laughs> when they had Domino, which which was weird because Domino worked for the Nazis and she, but right. she she loved Blackhawk, so it was weird because she could have killed him like a thousand times, <laughs> but she <laughs> wouldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it, that 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 is some good good comics right there. Is that Blackhawk run? But if you go into the if you ever get a chance to get like a quality Golden Age one, oh my God, the art on the cover and the inside is just amazing. The, the Blackhawk, it, it, they're incredible. Yeah, because of Airboy, I always love, I love all that Aviator stuff. That yeah. that uh, that Tim Truman uh, Airboy uh, series in, with Chuck Dixon, that was so yeah. good. The Eclipse, or was it Eclipse? Yeah, it was, it was Eclipse. Eclipse. Yeah, because yeah. that was like, I want to say bi-weekly or something. I remember... Yeah, it was 50 cents every two weeks. And I would order those from Mile High because we didn't have a comic book store super close to us. And as Kirk knows, my mom was not a comic book person. So she would not drive me to Macon just to go to a comic book store. (laughs) So, like, if I got them, I had to order them. And, uh, yeah, I remember trying to – every few months I would order, you know, eight or nine of those Airboys. That's cool. Well, I think Mm -hmm. think we should wrap up because some of you guys are on the East Coast. Like it's it's gonna be almost eight o'clock, so almost ten. You gotta go to work. So it's uh, buddy wanna, by time. Yeah, I wanna thank you guys. This is this is gonna be awesome, and uh, I I'm gonna have a lot of fun with it. I know that. So. Uh, yeah, thanks for including me. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad. Same I'm here. glad you uh, you guys joined. I, well, I know I'm it, honored. I, I I love talking <laughs> comics with you guys. You you guys are the best. I I know how to pick the people that are passionate about. I, I've never had a co-host that didn't love comics or, or is angry. <laughs> I, I, don't get, I don't. I don't. I don't get angry. Angry people. I get people that are passionate and find love for the medium. And, and I'm I, only I, angry I, that I can't buy more comics. <laughs> See, that's that's acceptable. Yeah, you can be angry. About <laughs> All right, so. Uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm at Mike Myers Brunch. Uh, I know at Robert Krieger. What is yours, uh, Nick? Big Army. I'm at Big Five Army. Big Five Army. And what's yours, Joe? Uh, I was Joe. Yeah, I should know that. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, 
we are on the DC noise feed. So if you didn't know that, this is a DC centered, but we will talk about other areas, even though it's the DC theme. Like we talked a little bit about Airboy and Sergeant Fury, and you can do that. Because I, I, I don't have a lot of rules. I just have one rule have fun and enjoy your comics. Um, That's right. So uh, we'll try this again sometime in November, hopefully before the holiday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that, that'll be good. Yeah, sounds good. All right. You guys have a good w- week. I hope it's good to you. Thanks. You Thank as well. You. All All right. Right. Good night, guys. Take care. Good night. Good night.